Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Writers. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to episode 26 of the Nassiman Hockey Podcast, a special game day edition, uh, game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, but this episode is brought to you by the Hockey Writers Podcast Network, also brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, makers of the Barn Rocker, the official beer of the New York Islanders. I am one of your hosts, James Nichols, and as always, I'm here with my good buddy, John Zella. What's going on, John? Nothing. I don't know if I'm more excited about game one or how you just nailed that intro. I nailed it. You know why? That was so good. Fantastic today, man. I didn't. I still don't know how to feel. (laughs) I I sat there the other night just kind of watching this happen and then looking at the fact that they let in let up 16 shots against, which is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Sticking to their game, playing Islanders hockey, um, bouncing back. It took an extra game, but they bounced back, doing what we thought they could do and what they were capable of. And now they have a real big test in front of them. I have a question. Are you bored at all? I, no. (laughs) No one should be bored. This is fun. No, and I think an interesting perspective that I heard from Sean McAdoo on Puck Soup was that if you're an Islander fan, of course this isn't boring. Winning isn't boring. Right. If you're a you know, fan of another team, you're, you're, you may be more frustrated than bored. And that okay, they may be, that, yeah. you know, I think if they're like, the Flyers got 16 shots against on like 30 attempts or something, it, it wasn't very many. Um, in that case, yeah, it's low event hockey for sure. Okay. You know, so I can, I understand. I just, I think they're, they're kind of mincing words there and they're just kind of using something, um, low hanging fruit to say boring. Yeah. Um, Islander hockey offensively is not always high event. They control the puck and it's quick punches. Yeah. So it's, again, it's, it's mid level event hockey that um capitalizes on you know quality chances versus quantity so they're not getting six or seven shots in the power play they're ragging the puck they're ragging the puck as frustrating as it may be um and then you know just like Broussard on on the Andy Green goal he really took his time sick edges um pulling the puck back getting into a good position and you know waiting for Green to kind of activate off the off the boards there, I, you know, can't you can't draw it up that any better than that? And it may be boring, that's what you want to call it. Um, but it's definitely frustrating if you're the other team. And there's a, you know, we can probably go ask Washington Capital fans and Flyers fans what they think about that. Yeah, absolutely. We right now, as, you know, as an Islander fan, as we sit here and we we talk about this, you're having the most fun you've had since 1993 when the Islanders made the conf- uh, conference finals last. So. You know, let's talk a little bit about what you said, though, about the the quantity versus the quality amount of shots and everything. You know, we're going to go by the numbers a little bit here. It, the Islanders might not have the, the the most amount of shots per game, but I I do believe if my if my thought is correct here that they're still averaging a little over thirty a game, and they're making their opportunities count. They lead the NHL in goals for per game with three point three eight. That's more than the Tampa Bay Lightning with an even three. Right. So it's not like we're sitting here and we're watching low-scoring affairs. We're getting we're getting the scoring. This 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 team has figured out 
albeit without Jordan Eberle, how to put the puck in the net. And they're and they're also the best of the not only remaining teams, but every team so far in in the the Cup final or the the Stanley Cup playoffs at keeping the puck out of their net. And I think that's where when you look at a game and you zoom out as an objective fan and you're looking at these games, when the league is trying to raise scoring per goals per game combined, when the Islanders are still doing their 3.38 or whatever it is um, per game and the other team only has one or zero or it's a four to one game, it's still five goals a game or four goals a game average, and that's still lower than what they'd like. They'd like right. it to be those four three games that we saw in the overtime losses or five four. They'd like to see more of a back and forth with scoring and not one team kind of dominating. Um, if you're an Islander fan, again, you do not care. You want them to win three nothing with an empty net goal, making it four every every game. Right. You know, you want your goalie to to play spectacularly. They are going to let in goals, so it's not exactly going to happen. You know, posting shutouts. Although, I think Robin Leonard has three shutouts, and the Islanders also have three between Varlamov's two and and Grice. So they're probably closer to leading in that category with their goaltending. But they they've kind of used both goalies, although they have as well. Interesting topic, uh, right. separate podcast probably. But yeah. I think the the Islanders by the numbers having a, a an advantage or a tied in most of the categories and then the oh, lightning yeah. have a very small advantage on the power play by a tenth of a percent um the others even have a better penalty kill um by one percent than the yeah. lightning and the lightning hold a you know f- about a five shots per game advantage um but the islanders shots against are at just under 27 and the lightning are just over 32. Yeah. So a, a lot of this is a wash. This is a lot more even. And you had tweeted a graphic that you thought was interesting. Yeah. So the uh, and people are eating it up right now and they, they love it. You know, the NHL dot com um, or, or NHL Network tonight, rather, to, uh, had this graphic on TV last night as I'm watching. And, um, you know, they were previewing the series and they gave uh, advantages per category forwards in advantage lightning defense advantage lightning goaltending advantage lightning system advantage islanders depth advantage lightning um there are definite things i disagree with there and i'm going to start with the depth i don't know that there's a more deep team than the islanders it's just a next man up mentality and they 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 all contribute no matter who's in the lineup. Um, the the next thing I think of is Steven Stamkos is not playing in this series. I I don't think that there was a better uh, center core in the in the NHL right now other than the Islanders. Um, and now that Steven Stamkos is out of the equation, that's even more of a reason for me to believe that they're even more deep than the Lightning are. You know, they they can roll four lines and any line can score. And with no Steven Stamkos there, that that's you know they have they've gotten this far without him, but that's still a big hole. Is it more depth than another team? You know, it's not. I, uh, sorry, I'm, I'll rephrase the question. Does one team have more depth than the other team, or is it simply different depth? These are not. These are very different teams. Oh yeah, I think you know the. 
the number they they got to this point their numbers are very similar but they got there in a very different way yeah i mean the lightning scored their way there the islanders suffocated other teams their way there yeah and and that's why i think you know the islanders that that third line they've shown that they can score um, whether you have Dalco or Komarov or Johnston, I can't believe all three of them have seen time in, in these playoffs. Um, <laughs> like it depends on, you know, um, Trotz keeps pressing the right buttons and right. just keep make, makes the right switch for the right game. And I don't think Dalco had it much to do with their game seven win, but whatever, whatever he did helped, you know, the third line didn't suffer. They didn't let in two goals to make it a closer game. And, um, make that empty net insurance goal mean a whole lot more with whatever it was five minutes remaining remaining or four minutes remaining. Um, but I think these teams are just very different. They, they've both, I mean, yeah, both teams have scored a lot of goals. You're, you're right. I mean, even Matt Martin's got four on, right. from, on the fourth line, although he wasn't, I don't think he was out with the fourth line for a co- at least a couple of those. Yeah, I think no, it was like other players, but Barzell fed him a beautiful pass in one of the games and he was able to capitalize on it. But, but that's, that's the point though. Everybody is scoring. And now I'll, I'll say this, the lightning do have a good third and fourth line as well. They get contributions from guys like Yanni Gord, uh, Andres Palat. Um, I think even Tyler, uh, Johnson is, is uh, low on their depth chart now. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's. I would say it's it's even more. It, it's possibly even the depth. But then I think about the defense, and I'm like, we have eight defensemen. Johnny Boychuk's not even playing. You know, we have eight defensemen, any and any of which who can step in. I don't know who, how many defensemen after McDonough, Sergachev, and uh, Hedman that on the on the Lightning. Where I'm like, yeah, they they make a huge difference. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Victor Hedman is going to be the best defenseman on the ice. But much like last series, do they have the best defense on the ice? I don't I don't think so. I think that the defense for the Islanders plays a much better game than the they, the Lightning's defense plays for them. That that one check mark that the Islanders got on NHL Network in that the system category, I think that plays a bigger role. It's not it. They're more than the sum of their parts. It, exactly. Yes, of course. I think Ivan Provorov is better than a lot of the Islander defense. But when you have Pelik and Pulak together, and it's just even the Flyers forward said they're really hard to get around. Specifically about Pelik, you know they're they're not small players either. Even Andy Green isn't isn't a tiny guy. It's not like Noah Dobson's out there um, not able to play that physical game. Um, now it'll be nice to have someone like that in the lineup, you know, or, you know, we have a Nick Letty, right? He's not a big guy, but he can, he's shifting, he can move. And eventually that's Noah Dobson's role on this team, you know, help carry that puck out of the zone. But I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. Um, Hedman and McDonough are, are huge. They're monsters for the, the lightning. Um, even Shattenkirk, if, if the, if the lightning get power play opportunities, this series may be short. I mean, yeah. even though the, the penalty kill for the Islanders have been okay, uh, better than normal, which isn't, you know, that bar is pretty low. That's really what's going to hurt when you, when you have these guys that can score goals in, you know, aside from the forwards that are just ridiculous. If you give Kucherov too much room, they, they are going to score. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be the, you know, main, main thing the Islanders are going to want to, and Barry Trotz is going to, is going to talk to the team about, I'm sure, 
um, you know, stay out of the box, much like we have been. You know, we we haven't been in the box too often uh, throughout the entirety of the of the playoffs. You know, I, I would say we hadn't had any more than six penalty minutes through the whole in one game through the whole Philadelphia series. Would I be wrong there? It sounds right. I off the top of my head, I I don't know. Yeah. So just stay out of the penalty box. The the Lightning are clearly dangerous on the power play. So many weapons there to score. Kucherov, Hedman, Point. Uh, you know, even even the the depth guys are scoring. You know, Gord, Kalorn. Uh, Patrick Maroon, I think, is is having a, a, a good playoffs. So definitely stay out of the box. That's going to be a, a, a huge factor. The one thing I'll say about the Lightning, and, and you made note of it here, uh, and I totally agree with it. They, the Lightning do have a distinct advantage with having playoff experience. Have the Islanders been there before? Yes. But have the Lightning been there a lot more and have gone deeper? Yes, they were. I think a first round exit. What last year or two years ago? But last, every other last season against Columbus, that was yeah, and so usually they're they're getting there. They've yeah. been since Cooper has been the coach. They've been to the conference finals four times. Right. This is not, and a lot of the roster, even from the 2016 series, which when I was writing my article yesterday for the for the hockey writers, I was surprised to see how many of the Lightning players were still around from that series. And while the Islanders roster has changed quite a bit there's maybe five or six guys from that roster and some of them aren't even playing at this point yeah um hickey and boychuk aren't aren't in the lineup um this isn't the same team they this team now the the veterans who are still around are have been with a team of really sezikis and bailey have been with this team a long time yeah they've won a number of playoff series since then they're they're not a team that just came off one series win against the panthers and we're, we're calling it a success and just happy to be in the second round like right. they were four years ago. This is a team now with, with some serious experience. They've beaten really deep teams in the Penguins and the Capitals yep. and the Flyers that were supposed to be too much for this team. And I'm not. this is not going to be a cakewalk for the Islanders. No, this is going to be a really hard series. Huge it, test. I think if it goes seven, I, I, think that's the only, I think that's the only way to go. I think it's the only way to predict this going. It's yeah. going to be a really big back and forth. Um, it's going to be frustrating to watch maybe the, the Lightning put up four goals and the Islanders yeah. score two. It's going to be really hard in one of these games to watch that and and not want to throw your remote through D. Yeah, definitely get ready for, for a long, hard-fought series. Uh, probably a lot of back and forth you know, in, in the emotions department. You're going to be all over the place this series because – the Lightning, you know, pun intended, can strike quick. The Islanders can suffocate them, though, and, and, and just absolutely torture them all game, give them no opportunities, give them no lanes. It's just a matter of if they come and they play their game, the Islanders. And if the, the Lightning come and play their game, they're going to, you know, it, we don't give up, you know, over an average. of We saw, we said earlier, 26 shots a game. But the Lightning could easily, you know, shoot that number up to 35 40 per game if they stick to their system. So we'll see which system outweighs the other. Uh, you know, apparently NHL Network had the the system outweighing uh, for the Islanders outweighing the Lightning, uh, which is a, a good sign to see. You know, when you in terms of thinking about all those categories, forwards, defense, goaltending, depth, and then system, 
they can check off all the all the boxes for the Lightning if they want with forwards and defense and everything. But if the system one is what's checked off for the Islanders and they execute it what way better than the Lightning do, that might be all you need. I think it's even though it looks um, not balanced when you look at that graphic, it's it's probably more balanced. And I'd give the Islanders the depth too, or at least give them both. You know, they both have good depth and they'll both roll four lines. Right and. I don't know that the Lightning roll their fourth line quite as much. I, I honestly, I don't know even know who's on that fourth line. Um, not a Lightning expert, but <laughs> the I do know from having watched a lot of these players on the Lightning up for the Syracuse Crunch that they're developed in their own system. So it's not like they're not being moved up. A lot of their team, like the Islanders, are homegrown talent. Yeah. So it speaks to both of their teams' depth, um, and that might have been a difficult one. You don't see that it was, you know three out of five and that last that third vote to put the the depth in the lightning's favor um was really close so you don't really know what what that looks like as far as you know a bunch of people sitting around deciding what this looked like so um who are your series x factors who's going to make a difference here yeah so uh i'll start with the lightning here and i'm gonna go with anthony sorelli uh i really like his game i i followed him throughout the regular season and i like the kind of player he is he's a great two-way player um he's he's young for the lightning and and he's gonna have to really step up in this series because of you know like we said before steven stamkos is not in this series and he's not going to score like steven stamkos and he's not going to bring that offensive prowess that steven stamkos brings but because Steven Samkos is not playing, the depth chart moves up now from everybody after Braden Point. Braden Point is going to be your number one center uh, for the Lightning. And now Anthony Sorelli is going to step in in that number two role. So he's very good in his own end. Um, he's pretty good in the offensive end. But he's going to make a he's going to make a big difference as to whether the, the Lightning uh, take that next step and, and push the needle. Um, or if they're going to maybe lack a little bit of what they're missing in Steven Stamkos. I can I can see that. I think for the Lightning, I, I got to go Vasilevsky. That's a good. That's just a, a good choice. I, I my big thing and and again in that article that I wrote um, that that was that's out today. Um, we can actually say that now. Um, he can steal the series. I, I think there's a lot of players that can be game breakers. But he can single-handedly steal the series yeah. for the Lightning, and th- that was a worry, uh, you know, against the Islanders. And we've seen them score, and they found a way to score against good goalies. Holtby, um, who's not exactly the same as he was a few years ago, but he's still very good. Carter yeah. Hart, he's going into the prime of his career. He's he's no slouch. He was, 22, but I think he is yeah, 22. I mean, so Vasilevsky Bazil- is last year's Vezina winner. Yeah. You know, and his numbers in these playoffs are 931 and 1.91. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And he's he, played he's possibly he's, the best goal. He's possibly the best goaltender in the, in the NHL. It's it's hard to argue against that. And the what may be in the Islanders' favor, whether they go with Grice tonight or Varlamov, is they've both goalies have gotten some rest. Uh, Vasilevsky's had the week off which is a difficult balance between rest and rust. But at least the Islander goalies aren't playing every single night, and they, they've gotten some time. Varlamov's yeah. had almost a week off, too. Yeah. So I, I think that's that's important, you know, at least four or five days, um, aside from some practices, and then they, they travel. So, one, you know, they're both, 
they're both kind of fresh, um, but they're they're not rusty. They're still yeah. they're still playing at the top of their games. So, um, I would even argue that Grice is kind of fresh. He only faced sixteen shots in that last game. I I could I could see that. Um, I don't know what it's like, obviously, to be an NHL goaltender. So you you play that game on Saturday night, um, and then you travel. Essentially, they traveled yesterday, or, or did they just get there today? Um, kind of seeing some pictures, but I don't know when they were. They got there it. yesterday. So they got there yesterday. Um, I, I don't know what it's like. So Varlamov didn't play. He just dresses. Right. Is is he a little bit more mentally clear now? Um, going into a game one, if he's playing, you know, he hasn't played since last Thursday. Yeah, I can see that as an advantage. Grice, oh, yeah, you know, he he plays. He's still out of play. It's still mentally hard. It's still physically difficult. He's still fighting and battling, even if the shots don't get through. Right. Um, just because you're not stopping the puck doesn't mean it wasn't a tough game and that you didn't battle. Um, so I can see both of them being well rested, and they may be, like I said, in a better position than Vasilevsky, just because he just hasn't played in a game in so long, and that series was very short. So against the Bruins, right? So or yeah, shorter than and, expected, anyway. You know about Vasilevsky too. I, he has played great so far in this playoffs, but he has been known for in previous playoffs, such as last season when they got uh, knocked out of the first round. I believe actually swept out of the first round. He has been known to put up some shaky playoff performances. So that's a that's another reason for why he could be a, a huge X factor for the Lightning. Yeah, if he doesn't play at the top of his game, the Islanders can score goals. They've, right. they've just done it. and. Um, not having an answer for their system and that counterpunch that they've been known for in these playoffs, something that Lord knows we've been looking for forever with this with the squad um, or different iterations of the squad. Um, that yeah, he he plays a little shaky. Yeah, Islanders might have an, uh, you know not an easy time, but it may not be what people are thinking. Yeah. Well, speaking of somebody who's not having an easy time, what's uh? go over to the series X factors for the New York Islanders. And we came to a consensus on this one and it's going to be Jordan Everle. Yes. He's been Bailey level frustrating. <laughs> okay. Explain that to me. The, the little things that he does leading up to either a missed opportunity um, or just a lack of taking an opportunity is something we've seen from Bailey. One extra move, not just getting the puck to the net. Uh, we know it's not their system necessarily to do. Although they had, you know, game game five or six, they had like sixty shots. Like it was ridiculous. They outshot the the Flyers by an absolute ridiculous margin by the end. It was like fifty eight to thirty one, and through three periods, it was like forty to twenty. It was unreal. Um, but you know, watching his game, he's he's getting his chances. But he's not—he's not shooting when he should, and he's trying to get too close. What he was successful last year, he was getting in close. Those tight little backhand shots—they they were really cool. It was cool to yeah. see that real power move, real confidence. He might be gripping his stick too tight. Yeah, but he's not letting the puck go and letting it do the work. He—he's trying to do too much with it. It's—we saw this. Frankly, we saw this with his buddy Tavares a lot. He would try to just do too much with the puck instead of just do the simple thing with the puck. And it's not always going to be the pretty thing. And we've seen them off rebounds, get two or three chances. That's where the Islanders rack up shots. Yeah. 
So if he can contribute that way, and off the rush, you know, he's getting assists. It's not like he's not getting any points. Right. You know, he still has 11 points in 16 games. That's pretty good. Um, but he, you know, the frustrating part is that it's not necessarily about just just finishing. Even if he just got one goal in that series to get the monkey off his back. Yeah. Um, it's just frustrating to watch him struggle. Yeah, so the thing with, you know, Everlay, I think it, this was a, a stat for Game 6. I remember reading it on uh, uh, Carrie Haber's Twitter. The high-danger chances on the ice when he was on the ice was in favor of the Islanders 12 to nothing. That just goes to show you how much that line and, and he, how much he's part of that line. That, that line is purely dominating when they're on the ice. They have been so good throughout this the this playoffs, namely that last series. And they had had so many chances to score. You know, Lee put up a couple of goals. Barzell put up a couple of goals. Barzell's out there making so many good plays. And Jordan Eberle's out there contributing to those plays. And now, like you said, the problem therein lies with Jordan Eberle making one or two many moves and trying to get too cute with the puck. He loves that signature toe drag, backhand, top shelf move that he does. And it's beautiful when he pulls it off. But there have been so many chances where he's had the puck in front of the net and he's tried to maybe make one extra pass or he's tried that toe drag move where he really should have just shot the puck. Whether it went in the net or it was a rebound that you know maybe Lee could have cleaned up in front of the net, get the puck to the net. And yeah, I think that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Right, yeah, it's... It, it, and against Vasilevsky, who is in a monster, what he's six seven, six eight, those up those chances up high are gonna be tough. Right. I don't know I don't know where you score on this guy. I gotta be honest. Does it take more time for him to go down? Do you, you shoot it off the hip? Like I don't know, he's I don't so know what big. the he's, and he's he's just phenomenally good. He's athletic. Right. Um he doesn't make exaggerated movements, he's just in where he's supposed to be. Right. Um so I, I don't know. That Everly can score his more signature goals in this series. He just has to find a way to to get it in. Now, you know, the Islanders didn't exactly beat um, Carter Hart clean very many times either. But then you then you saw Mayfield just roof that shot, unreal shot. That was a um, bullet on the on the far side, and he's a righty if I'm not mistaken. So that was yeah. That was a, a a much nicer shot than I think he got credit for. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, and I've said this about Mayfield. He has the ability to do things like that. He'll make sneaky good plays. There was that one assist he had. I think it it it, it turned out to be the game winning goal. He fed a, a a pass right to the slot. It might have been to like Brassard or something, and it put the put the Islanders up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, put them ahead in the game even. So he he's sneaky good on the offense. He's very sound in, uh, on the defense. But we're talking about Jordan Everly here. Um, if if Scott Mayfield could maybe give Jordan Everly one of those nice passes, and Jordan Everly decides you know he's going to shoot the puck this time, uh, you know we could see him start scoring. And that's the thing, you know, the Islanders are, are like we said earlier, scoring uh, first in in the league uh, in in the entire playoffs at three point three eight goals per game. If Jordan Everly starts scoring, wh- where is that number going to go? It's it's only going to go up, and you could see it near maybe four. And that's what Colorado was scoring at. That's the kind of pace they were scoring at with Gabriel Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon, heard of him, uh, Miko Rantanen. Like they, they have such good scoring power there. 
and and the Islanders have the ability to score at that pace. You have Bailey, who's 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 contributing so much on the offense. You have Bovillier, who's scoring goals like there's no tomorrow. You have Brock Nelson, who's just absolutely scoring at the right times. Uh, even Derek Broussard, I'm in, I'm enjoying his game so much. He's brought his game to the next level. I'd even say he's turned the clock back a little bit, and we're seeing uh, a little bit of a, a New York Rangers uh, Derek Broussard out on the ice. So. If Jordan Eberle could figure it out, this team is not only are they are they as good as they are now, they're scary good. I, I think an important stat here for Eberle is that he's shooting right now at seven point seven percent. That will not last. Right. It'll it, it's got to go up. You know, law of percentages. Not a math guy. Um, you know, he has thirty nine shots, which is fifth on the team. Um. Anders Lee has 56, Bavillier has 53, Nelson has 46, Barzell has 42. But their their shot percentages are well above 10%. Yeah. Uh, Nelson and Bavillier are at 15.1 and 15.2, respectively, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, now, if they can't sustain that, which, you know, again, math, not my strong suit, doesn't always seem possible, although it's, you know, short sa- sample sizes, they can sustain that over shorter periods, which is what they're doing. Um, even if it drops a little, you need Eberle. That's why he's the X factor. He's on, you know, in the top five in shots, but he's gotta, he's gotta put the puck in the net. Even, you know, Pajot is 35 shots, but he's shooting at 20%. That's not going to last. He's good, but he's not 20% of shots. Good. Right. So he needs to step up because if, if one of them slips even a little bit, he needs to pick it up. You know, I, I don't see Martin. Um, you know, he's got twenty shots and is shooting twenty percent. I don't. I don't see that lasting. So he's gotta. He's gotta step up at the top of the Islanders' food chain on that line. Um, yeah. And it may. It may just be off the shin pad, in in front or something goofy, a dirty goal on a power play. You know, he, he's just got to get something to get the monkey off his back, and then I think he's gonna make a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough if he doesn't get it going. Um, Hopefully he does. We'll see what happens. But the Islanders overall, uh, let's just talk a little bit about what they have to do to win this series. Uh, You noted here they need to absorb, bend, don't break, and counterpunch. And basically what that means is when the Lightning have the puck in the Islanders zone, the Islanders need to do what they do, and they need to swallow them, suffocate them, get that puck back, stick to that system, don't get away from it at all, and bring that puck back to the other end, score off the rush, draw a penalty. Actually, no, don't draw a penalty. Our five-on-five play has been so good. Don't draw a penalty. But uh, you know, get that puck back, bring it to the lightning and score off the rush, Cycle the puck, whatever you have to do. They they cycled the puck pretty well in Game 7 against the Flyers. I'm not going to say they only need to score off the rush because that's the only way they can score. They did a really good job, and you saw it on that, that Mayfield goal. They cycled the puck. It created a lane for Mayfield. He took a couple of feet, and next thing you know, top shelf. one nothing Islanders. So I 100% agree with your tactics here. Absorb, bend, don't break, counterpunch. Score the scoring depth and, and commitment to the team defense needs to continue. That's another good point that you brought up here. 
And something I've been beating the drum on is playing a full 60 minutes. And, and that's really something that we see often for the Islanders. We didn't see it in game seven. We saw it in game six. We saw it in game five. And that's really the three losses to the Flyers is because they didn't play a full 60 minutes. There was one period or one 10-minute even lull where the Flyers sniffed it, took advantage, and they scored a couple of goals that put them over the hump and got the you know we got to overtime and then they they won they won in overtime. That's the only way the Flyers won was in overtime. This series could have easily been four nothing had they had those three or four periods where they didn't just completely get away from their system. Now playing against the Lightning, they're even better at putting the puck in the net. They could they could really make those ten minute to one period lulls hurt. So you got to play a full 60 minutes. You can't get away from, you know, that that absorb and, and then counterpunch that that you had brought up which was so well said and they have a serious chance to win this series if they play a full 60 minutes game in and game out. So I say absorb because the Lightning are are a much faster team than the other two opponents that they've had so far in the playoffs. I think the Islanders are going to have a tough time stopping the Lightning in the neutral zone where they've seen success against the Capitals and Flyers. Uh-huh. So that, that, that absorbing them in their own end is going to be really important. Stopping them, um, keeping them to the outside and just blocking shots is going to be more important in this series than it has been so far in the playoffs. And then that brings it to bend, don't break. Don't get, out, get, don't get pulled out of position. Make sure you can get the puck back and you cannot turn the puck over. There was oh, yeah. a we mentioned on the on the last podcast that in in game in game five or six, there was a there was a shift where they had three turnovers that eventually led to a goal against. And against this team, they're they're not gonna let it happen, but you yeah. get to three times. They're gonna they're gonna capitalize off the first one, much like yeah. the Islanders have. Yeah. They've they made the Flyers pay. Every little bad chip pass to try to get out of their own zone, the Islanders made the Flyers pay. And the Islanders are going to get a taste of their own medicine if they do that against the Lightning, especially with guys like Kucherov, who can not only shoot, but he's got he's racking up assists in this playoffs. Yeah. And I it's the Islanders really need to pay attention to that stuff. So if they can't stop him in the neutral zone, which I think they, they can be mildly successful, but I just don't see it happening. The Lightning has way too much speed. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So I, I, and that game five performance with all those turnovers. Listen, I definitely don't, I don't anticipate that happening again. Or maybe that was game six. I don't anticipate that happening again. That's the one time in the the entirety of the playoffs that the defense looked like that. And again, they were still in the game. They still got to overtime. And to be honest, the only reason that, and and, and I'm not gonna say the only, I shouldn't say the only reason. The Lightning won on an unfortunate broken stick by Scott Mayfield that turned the puck over. There's nothing you can do about that. Had they not had that broken stick, they still, with those the amount of turnovers that they had, could have won the game. Should they take that chance? No, absolutely not. They need to clean that up, and they did in Game 7. It was beautiful, and that's the system that they need to stick to. Uh, but there were, there were times where there was a, a plentiful... Uh, amount of turnovers and they have to make sure that that does not happen again like you said 
like I said earlier, the Lightning can strike quick, they can strike faster, and they can strike more often than the Flyers. So this is going to be a big test for the defense, a big test for the team as a whole, um, and they really have to just buckle down and make sure that they play that full 60 minutes. So we'll see how it goes. Not quite sure. Uh, last question before we wrap this up. Who do you got in net tonight? It's it's a good it's a good question. I kind of want to see Grice. I you agree. know, off off of that performance, he's got to feel good. The team's got to feel good. Um, I don't know if there's a back to back in this series. Um, I don't think so. No. So the the only way Varlamov gets back in is if Grice really blows it um yeah. and that's difficult to think about either way whether Volamov starts or Grice starts the only one all the other one gets in if the other one blows it and that's not going to be good for the team's confidence right now they did bounce back after of Varlamov's performance in game six they did right. manage to get it out of their head I love Barzal's quote of yep you're frustrated for 30 seconds and you move on that's Which real is mature for a 23 year old seriously season. Seriously, and the whole team is thinking that way. It's unbelievable. Every every post game conference that they had after a loss, they were like, "It's fine. We're we're moving on to tomorrow." I love that mentality, and and that's another ode to Trotz. Trotz is just they he has this team so mentally prepared, and it's it's amazing to see, especially with guys like Anthony Bavillier, Matt Barzell, who are 22, 23 years old. You don't see that often for young kids like that. Yeah, and I, you know, my article about how I think the team's maturity is going to be what propels them in, in these playoffs, yeah. I still think that. Now, yeah. the, the Tampa Bay Lightning have actually been there. Yeah. So that you know, that's a different kind of thing than being taught from your veterans and thing, learning on the go. But I think that's closer than, yeah. than we think. That, ex- that experience is, is great for the Lightning, but... The Islanders are playing kind of beyond their years. They're younger players I stepping agree, up. Yeah. They're they're a full team. Again, that systems check mark, I think it has a lot more weight than maybe NHL Network was giving them. I totally credit agree. For. Yeah. Um and, you know, it's and it's a tough call to do that. But back to your question, I'm probably not upset about either one of them. I think he rides the hot hand, you know. Exactly. Um, with the team. I don't know that there's many changes. Maybe um Komarov gets back in for penalty killing. I could see that. Only I, because of how good the Lightning are right. on their power play. Exactly. So, and again, neither one of Dal Cole or Komarov have really made a, a big impact when they've but been. I, but I, but although think... it's probably not on the score sheet for sure with Komarov. He, exactly. His so again, killing. You know, there's something that just puts him in there. Although, you know, he's been taken out, and this is why it's so confusing, and this is why Barry Trotz is, <laughs> is a Hall of Fame coach, and, and we're doing a podcast. That's true. Uh, because he, he, he he's pressed the right buttons. We've said that Every earlier. He just knows <laughs> what to do, and um, I think I just trust him. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely just... I've never not trusted Barry Trotz, um, and it just seems like he's going with the next man up mentality. So I'm going to say Grice gets the net this game. I was beating the drum that I think that Varlamov should get game seven. 
Um, does that mean I disagree with Barry Trotz's choice? No, I never will. So Barry Trotz, if you're listening to this, I will never disagree with you. Doubt it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's going to be Grice. And I, and I think that it's Grice's net now until, you know, things go south. And, and will they go south? I don't know. I don't think so. But I think it's Grice's net until it's it's taken away um, by maybe a poor a poor performance. Yeah, that leash may be short for both goalies. Exactly. Regardless. The thing is, Varlamov just has been Trotz's guy this season. Yeah. So that's the only thing in, that I would say that's in favor of Varlamov is that he's kind of been the guy that's been chosen. Yeah. Um, and has got has fourteen of sixteen starts for a reason. Um, it's not like Varlamov lost game four against the Capitals and then Grice was in the next game. Right. Exactly. You know, it was. Nope, Varlamov's the guy, and we put in Grice when when we need it. Yeah. Um. And the team resp- I mean, the team responds well to to Grice being in net. Obviously, they yeah. played a a really really tight game against the Flyers in Game Seven. So, um. Yeah, I'm 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 impressed all around. I keep I you know during Game Seven to go back to the beginning of the podcast really quick. I thought about Game Seven. I just hope they didn't lay they wouldn't lay an egg like they did against the Capitals five years ago. And what a reversal. Yeah, of I these know. two teams in just five Complete years, elite one eighty. I and I, I, it's it was so welcome to see that. So I it just I goes hope to that show you that the the coaching what it does, coaching systems, the right guys, not the best guys. To quote yep. Herb Brooks, I I think that's that's really important. And um, yeah, more more than the sum of their parts, and they've kind of proven that that's really important moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. That about wraps it up on this game day edition of Nassman Hockey Podcast, episode 26. Thank you again to Oyster Bay Brewing Company. Uh, make sure to follow them on all their social medias, Instagram, Twitter, at Oyster Bay Bruin. Uh, follow myself at James Nichols NYI on Twitter. Follow John at John Zella, no H in John on Twitter. Follow us at Nassman Hockey on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, game one tonight versus Tampa Bay Lightning Eastern Conference Finals. Make sure to get your barn rockers. Make sure to be at the TV for puck drop. And uh, we'll see you Wednesday, guys. Let's hope for a win. Let's go, Islanders. <laughs>